Hello and welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes podcast, your weekly source for the newest news in gaming. Uh, I'm your host, Josiah. And I'm Hill House. And uh, we're going to bring it. <laughs> bring it. So here we go. <laughs> oh, basically, um, I, we've been gaining a lot of listeners every week, so I'm going to keep introducing how we form this show, but we always start out uh, talking about games that we played in the last week. And sadly, this week, despite last week me playing like four brand new games, this week I didn't play any brand new games, which is kind of disappointing. But at the same time, I actually completed all of the legacy achievements for State of Decay. Oh, nice. So in State of Decay, if you haven't played the game, um, basically you form a community in this zombie world and you elect a leader of that group. That leader has its own story, depending on one of the four um, types of leaders there are in the game. So basically, you have to beat the game four times to get all of those legacy achievements. So I just finished that this week. But that's basically because the the last couple of times I played it, um, it's just so easy now because I've just played it so much. I think I completed the last one in like a day and a half oh so (laughs) yeah so you can get really fast at it if you kind of know how to milk the game for what you need but um i remember the first legacy took like a year for me to do because i didn't know how to shortcut things and not do the longest possible ways of doing things you know yeah but anyway i finished uh state of decay on that since um I haven't finished all the DLC on the game. I'm still getting a lot of use out of that game, which is really cool. Um, and I started doing Overwatch um, competitive, whatever season we're on now, I forget. <laughs> I started doing placement for this season on competitive, which is such a chore. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how bad it is on PC or PS4, but on Xbox. Uh, damage, which is what I, I leave till the end. Um, I waited 11 minutes for each match. Oh, wow. That's how long that queue is. It's just insane. Um, I heard that Overwatch is going to add the ability that you can basically enter arcade modes while waiting for a comp game. <laughs> oh, and it'll throw so you not- out of an arcade mode at once the comp comes available. I think so. That would be a good is- idea, I think. Right, that way at least you can be doing something that's worth something. Honestly, I miss playing Overwatch, and one of the things that over the last couple of weeks when I've been trying to play that turned me off was the long queue times for damage because I got tank done and I got uh, uh, support done. Support. But, you know, just for getting in damage, it seems like nobody wants to freaking play damage. And it's... No, it's the problem is too many people. Or, I mean, too many people damage. are playing damage. Yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, it, it just sucks all that waiting time. So I think that's a good move for Blizzard if they do that, if they incorporate the arcade mode as kind of like a waiting room. Yeah. Um, that's true. I'm trying to think of other solutions to that problem. Um, yeah. They've tried rewarding you for playing supporter tank by giving you a loot box but the people that play competitive they don't care they just want to play one damage hero every single game that you know they just want to queue in his widow every single time yeah and uh if you watch streamers of overwatch um they'll often 
pull up other windows because it takes so long to queue. They'll be watching TikTok videos or that's true. Um, <laughs> or YouTube videos. It turns into it looks like a just chatting episode, and then suddenly, and then suddenly it's actual game, and you're like, oh wow, this is Overwatch. What about this but, for um, another? Um- for another uh, solution to it that as far as when you're trying to place, because you do what five matches each. Right. So if you're trying to place, then what if they made it to where, okay, you, you had to complete your placement matches before you could just pick, you know, what you wanted to do regardless. Like if, um, like if you wanted to go back to support or tank, you had to um, finish your uh, placement matches and damage before you could just pick one of those two. You know what I mean? That would it would force yeah. a lot of people to just get through their placements, which I think is a good idea anyway. Get it done, but at the same time, it would just make it easier for you to just get your placements done, and then you could pick. Okay, I just want to go back to support. You know, which is what I usually play. Yeah, but the thing that um, sucks about it though is that you still have to wait if you're going to play comp. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so maybe is, that there, doesn't work. There's two solutions that nobody would like either one. Either you make it forced random um, on on um, placing. So when you have to do your five placements for each role, uh, they can make it so that that's random, where you don't even choose which one you're placing. That way, everyone that is placing across the board is randomly filling in. That way, there's not an uneven amount of people playing what role however that would, good. that would be good once people placed then once again it would be 10 minutes to find a game as damage because everybody would be playing damage so the alternative solution that you could do is make it so that you can choose what you're placing but once you place then it's random yeah you get what i'm saying so let's say you place 2000 as tank 2300 as damage and 1800 as support then once you have placed, it randomly will give you one of those three and it'll queue you in with that SR level that you are per that thing. So it's not going to put you with 2000s if you're 1800 support. Yeah. It'll put you with 1800s. Yeah, which um, makes sense. But pe- people would probably rage quit on that. I know you, you can't make people... Well, people were rage quitting to play already. The heroes. I, yeah, but... The thing is, it's it's one of two things. Either you don't allow people to play whatever hero they want, or you make the game almost unplayable because there is no um, fixed roles. <laughs> you know, when people are running five damage or four tanks, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So since they're already constricting you to just play a certain type, it's just highlighting the issue of too much damage. It was an issue when people could choose whatever they wanted. They would always run a widow when you already had three damage. Somebody yeah. would pick widow. So it was already a problem. And now that you can have to choose your role with a two, two, two set, it's the same issue, but you just don't see it in the game anymore. Now you have to wait through 10 minutes because everybody's still doing that same crap. So what I'm saying is since you're already limiting the choices they can make, um, the only people it's not punishing is damage. People yeah. that always choose damage. Guess what? When they load in as damage, there's no problem for them because they already only pick damage. Yeah. People that pick tank. 
sometimes there's moments as a tank player where you have to switch to support or damage because there is a certain hero on the other team that you have to take out with a certain person. And you have to sacrifice that dimension of the team because you actually care about that. But the problem with damage players is they already don't care. And instead, with them waiting 10 minutes, they still get to do exactly what they were doing before. Never get off of damage and play whatever damage they want. And I I don't know. The only way it's punishing damage players, I guess, is waiting 10 minutes. So maybe that's... (laughs) Maybe it's not so bad. Because maybe it'll make them stop playing damage but instead it's probably making them stop playing the game <laughs> and that's that's you know? one of the things that i think is happening is that because of that weight you know you're yeah you're getting people that are quitting <laughs> yeah, I the think game they're just i think they're just quitting the game because of it so i guess the short term the thing that i want to see okay you can do it if you're not in a group if you're in a group and you have completed your placement for support and tank you cannot pick all three and hope that randomly you'll get a damage, you know, at some point. You can't say, load me in as whatever. Um, I'm fine. If you give me a damage, cool, but I'm not, I don't, would rather not wait 10 minutes, you know? Um, you can't do that in a group. If you queue into competitive by yourself, though, you can choose all three having yes. not completed damage. And I don't know why. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense for me. I do it all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you can choose all three and then just hope that maybe randomly you'll get a damage at some point, but still you won't have to wait 10 minutes. That's kind but of how I... If you're in a group, I, you cannot do anything besides damage. And that's kind of how I do mine. I just click all three of them because I already know that I'm going to either get a tank or I'm going to get a, a, a support. And that, you know, like you said, the queue time is going to be around two minutes and that, you know, maybe every 10 minutes you will get a match. You know, it's... It's kind of right. how I, it's a crapshoot. But the thing is, it's not that broken if you could always choose all three. Yeah. Because when you can choose all three, it's going to cue you in with people at that level. Yes. You get what I'm saying? So you're always going to be competitive, even if you didn't necessarily want to play support. Um, you will be playing in an area with uh, players that are at the same level as you are competitively as support, you know? Oh, exactly. So, yeah, I I was finding that um, this season, the algorithm was finding my uh, competitive players against me within three games. So I would like destroy the first two games and then the third game, it would be kind of close. And then I would like lose the last two. So I'd be like, well, I guess it found my competitive level within three games, you know? Wow. And it did that on 10 too. That's what I'm saying. It's really fast. And I was joking with my brother uh, the other day that what if they just did three, 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 because it seems to find it in three. Yeah, it seems to find your level in three. I don't know why it's five because it would really help on damage if you only had to do three games. But part of the problem (laughs) with that, though, if I think is that, you know, like you said, it finds it in three, but then it starts balancing it out at that point. So your last two, you may win, you may lose, but they're going to be much closer and much more competitive. And I think that's where they end up getting their median score from. You know what I'm saying? Because right. if they did it in three, everybody would be fucking high platinum all the time, you know, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess, but it, it knew where I was after three. It put me against teams that were like really close games, the two losses I had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, that's what I mean. So, 
Okay. So it shouldn't anyway. take it shouldn't take a too a too big of a chunk away from your score. It should, you know what I'm saying? It, it, I think those last two games are what actually balances out to give it your actual competitive score. What it would be, right? So I I did three damage placements last night, and just for the waiting in menus, it was 33 minutes of my night. <laughs> So then with the games, it was probably an hour and a half just to do three games. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just saying that. So you can say that um, we went from 10 placement matches back when you could choose whatever. And now there's 15 over three different um, classes. But the thing is, it could be three, three, three and only be nine. Because if you're waiting, if you play for an hour and a half, and you can't even finish your damage placement. <laughs> That's just crazy. And to wait 30 minutes, that means collectively I'll have to wait almost an hour just to place as damage. Yeah. Not even to move my score. <laughs> I can't even move my rank. I'll have to wait an hour of just menus just to That's insane. rank. <laughs> this isn't including playtime. It's an hour of just staring at a screen. So, I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, that's all I have to say about that. I do, I do still really like Overwatch, and I like what it's doing right now. Um, Let me add that there is also a Mercy event going on right now, where there's an exclusive Mercy skin, which is really cool. Uh, There's also sprays to unlock, and I think player icons, and there's also just like the last few um, challenges that they've had. There's also these sprays you can get from watching Twitch streams. And for like six hours, you get four sprays, I believe. Oh, wow. So what is cool, though, is before there was always a list of these streamers that had drops enabled and you would hop around to the different streamers that Blizzard would select. This is the first time where it's anyone that streams Overwatch is giving drops to people. So if you watch any streamer on Twitch that is streaming Overwatch, it will go towards those hours to get those sprays. So it's really really cool because, yeah, now every streamer can say drops enabled on Twitch. So it's it's not some privilege that you have to get from Blizzard and Blizzard gives you permission to be the exclusive streamer of drops. It's everyone that's doing Overwatch. So pretty cool. I believe it's for another week at least. Oh, wow. Maybe two. So uh, that's all I have to say about the games I play this week. Right on. Yeah, I'll I'll probably be playing some Overwatch tonight for sure. I'm going to take a break from Modern Warfare. That's all I've been playing still. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I was going to say this later, but Modern Warfare, the best deal I can find on it right now is the Black Friday ad that just released at Walmart. It is going to be $38 on Black Friday. It's the best deal that I've seen on it. And Walmart's edition also has that double XP thing on it. So, oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a game. They've done a good job, and they're continuing to do so. So, yeah. Um, they're uh, probably going to be doing a couple more nerfs on some weapons and stuff. But other than that, man, and a lot more familiar faces are coming in. Uh, played some with uh, Shay, played a little bit with Z-Warrior, and uh, played a little bit with Spence. So, yeah. Name dropping. By the way, Z Warrior listens to the show. I didn't even know he listened to it. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I thought okay, you knew cool. that. He just told me the other day. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he listens to the show and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's very cool, man. 
it's very cool. But yeah, he uh, he's been playing. He just got it. So yeah, yeah, man, it's a really good game. We got to get you in there. You're trying to peer pressure <laughs> me into doing it. I know. No, no. But it, if it magically shows up on your Xbox, you know, I expect you to be there. You know, Oof. just saying. <laughs> anyway, that's all I've been okay. doing, buddy. Cool, cool, cool. Um, before I get off track, I guess we should just head into the news because we have quite a bit, not really, but quite a bit to talk about and get through today. So let's don't leave the people waiting. It's time for the news, bitch. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> uh, this week was a oh, shadow Jesus. drop um, on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of this game. It's called The Stretchers, and it's got a really cool little art style. It kind of reminds me of the way um, Crazy Taxi looks at times, but it also reminds me of the round world that um, Animal Crossing has. And then at other times, it even reminds me of... Um, kind of Team Fortress's simple style, too. Um, and what's funny is it's a first-party Nintendo game published, but it's actually was made by a third-party company, which is Tarjair, which is that company we were talking about yeah. last week yeah. that made Little Nightmares. So it's, it's really weird that we just mentioned it last week, but the company that made Little Nightmares and also worked on Little Big Planet and some other games like Little Big Planet, like Tearaway, and um not unravel <laughs> and tear away um Tarzier, uh made this game called the stretchers and basically you play as two ambulance drivers and it looks really fun uh, i might actually pick this game up because it's releasing for only 19 dollars it's um a 20 dollar game that's uh already on the eShop on nintendo and it looks really cool uh it looks like a fun two-player game that it's just crazy looking. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, it's got a uh, fun little preview on YouTube. Um, and uh, I, what was I trying to get at? It was just that it's just so weird that they didn't talk about this game because they talk about almost every first party Nintendo game or even published before it comes out. Like they had Ubisoft make the Mario versus Rabbids game but they still talked about it before it came out. This game, I understand it's only $20 and it's not a 60 or $40 game that they have, but still they could have mentioned it at E3. They could have mentioned it at the last Nintendo direct. That was like four weeks ago, but they still didn't do that. Um, and it's funny that that is something that they didn't mention because there was a, um, there was a uh, Twitter user that posted that it has been uploaded on the Nintendo servers since May. So this game was already fully completed and uploaded on Nintendo servers and ready to just be flipped on a Switch since before E3, and they didn't even mention it. So I don't know if there's maybe like legal issues with Tarzier Studios. Maybe they were in talks with another company or something, but it was made by Tarzier for Nintendo. And uh, it's just got kind of shadow dropped this week 
So it is already live on the stores. Oh, right. You can on. go pick it up today. It's getting pretty decent reviews too. But I mean, it's just one of those games where what it's doing is so simple that it's kind of hard to F it up unless it's just a really uneducated studio putting that out that doesn't know how to polish a game. Yeah. But this game yeah. looks pretty polished. It's it looks it's, like it has fun uh, physics in it too. So if Tarjur has anything to do with it, you know that it's the artwork is going to look outstanding. I mean, the visual yeah, they, alone on all their games is just amazing. Yeah, all their games really look good. Um, this one is no exception for sure. Yeah. Um, if y'all have a Switch, be sure to go pick it up and let us know what you think about it. I th- I'm pretty confident this is probably going to be a pretty good game. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, it's just in time for Thanksgiving, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> if it's going to get a physical release because it's $20, you know, but uh, we'll see about that um other news kind of related to nintendo is that 007 goldeneye apparently was remastered years ago because (laughs) there's surfaced xbox 360 versions of goldeneye and it looks pretty amazing you can go look it up on youtube um it's not going to look cutting edge for today's standards but compared to the original n64 version it looks pretty good. So it's crazy to see that it was remastered and never released. <laughs> and there was a lot of talk about how Sean Connery's likeness may have made it not release. There's things about the fact that Nintendo had a hand in on it, but Microsoft's owned Rare. So could they release it on the Xbox? And apparently there were just too many people trying to get a hand in on it. Something about 007's copyright running up on it. So, like, apparently they went through with it, completely remastering it. This is something that Rare did. And uh, they they still wouldn't have released this information. This is a former employee of Rare that leaked this info out and then removed it. Like, probably was asked to remove it. But what's funny is <laughs> this was completely remastered. And they even had new voice acting and stuff. But then they have to just not talk about it because it just fell into limbo. What's even more interesting is there is a lost uh, documentary about remastering it that was supposed to be included in the Rare Replay Xbox One game. So Rare Replay has a bunch of Rare games in it, and then it also has documentaries about a lot of them. So this makes a lot of people think that it was supposed to be in there, which would have been crazy cool because... It's one of the obvious rare titles that's not included in Rare Replay that isn't a Nintendo IP. So obviously, Donkey Kong Country and stuff like that, of course, Rare owns that. But um, I'm sorry, not Rare owns that. Nintendo still owns those IPs, so they can't really do anything about it. But 007 wasn't really an IP that was owned by Nintendo, so it was kind of in the middle. So it was kind of why wasn't it on there but still like it was easily excusable because of all the names involved yeah but um it's just interesting to see you can go look it up on youtube there's a video that actually compares uh the original to the remaster um if it's fake it's really good (laughs) i know there's a lot of people who make fake uh versions like people do like um uh, majora's mask in like 
you know, like unity or they do it in uh, the unreal engine three or something. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people like can fake old games looking like newer games by just putting in them into a new engine. But this is, this is decently done that to make it look like it was Xbox 360, you would have to be really putting some care into making sure you didn't look, make it look too good. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it looks like decent Xbox 360, not even cutting edge 360. It looks like decent 360, but if you compare it to the N64 original, it's pretty, it's pretty different. Like it's a, it would be a lot easier to look at for a long time. So uh, disappointing that's not out, but some people are wondering if maybe it was leaked intentionally to just kind of raise awareness of it to make either Microsoft or Nintendo actually make a decision on re-releasing it. Could you, you know? imagine if they remastered it today? If they remastered it today and like made it look like Gears of War, or Call of Duty, it'd be really funny. <laughs> like you could like see like uh, the smoke off the gun and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, it'd be <laughs> sick. Be re- it'd be weird. But um, I mean, we're talking about the thing is. 007 GoldenEye is such a groundbreaking game for the shooter genre. First-person shooter. Absolutely. Uh, Rare invented reloading. Like, there was no reloading animation before that. You would never reload weapons. That was something they decided to do, and it made it feel more satisfying whenever you were going through rooms and stuff. Is It'd make you feel like you had that much more to do with your performance. Yeah, Yeah, because you were choosing when to reload. You were choosing how how much you still had so did you could you do something without reloading but we're talking about a game where if you look at the way it fires it was just crazy because it was for the n64 with that ridiculous analog stick so um the n64 is already a terrible controller for any shooter but somehow they made like the best shooter of that decade on that system yeah (laughs) so it's crazy but it'd be really cool if it was uh, remastered i know they've tried to They've tried to make some 007 games over the years that tried to bring back the feeling of GoldenEye, but they never really have. So it'd be really cool if they actually remastered the original. That way it had the charm of the maps and stuff. That'd be really cool. I think it'd be a good idea. I think it would be a seller for sure. I'd know I'd get it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But since we're talking about Rare, I was going to talk about this later. Uh, This week was XO19 in uh, London and rare did announce their next game. It's called right now it's called Everwild, and it looks really good. If you go look up a, a YouTube ad for it, um, it kind of looks like breath of the wild. Yes. Meets, um, maybe horizon zero dawn. It's kind of a little bit in between that. So it's going to be this ridiculous open world. And the thing is, from the ad, it kind of looks like they're not even close to finishing this game. But so far, what they've shown looks like some really cool animal designs. The world looks really charming. At the same time, um, it looks like it could bring in a certain type of game fan to Microsoft that Microsoft really hasn't been able to appease in a long time. Um, basically, PlayStation has killed it on any type of RPG slash anything that feels like a Japanese game or is a Japanese game. And this game really has that charm of a lot of those exclusives that the PlayStation gets. So it's really cool to see Rare tap into that, that kind of wonder of a large expansive world with a bunch of uh, 
ways to show off lighting and just the sheer amount of adventure of that it sets up. It looks really cool. Um, hopefully it doesn't disappoint. It's one of those things where with Rare, I'd rather them take their time because it's it's the reason that Sea of Thieves had a bad launch was not their lack of vision. It was the lack of content on release. Yes. Because where the game is now is way different from where Sea of oh, Thieves launched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's crazy. So like if Rare needs more time, I hope that Microsoft gives it to them. I think the last few years have really taught us... Um, I, th- I feel like it's really taught developers of not just video games, but like movies, for example, Sonic and stuff, uh, that you really are rewarded for making sure something is right before launch, you know? And I guess it's because of the way the internet tears things apart when it's not right. We don't live in the 90s anymore. You can't say something's really cool by slapping a sticker on it to say, game of the year, you know? <laughs> Uh, because people will go online and read that. No, it's not game of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But ba- yeah, but back in the day, you could say your product was anything, you know? Oh yeah. Um, you could, you could slap a sticker on a game and say 90% of our customers have bought this game. You're like, man, I don't want to be that 10% of losers, <laughs> but yeah. like they've sold nothing. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They sold two. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, damn it. Jimmy's probably got it. So I need to get it now. But um, yeah, in this new era, you really can't fool the consumer anymore. And, um, if anything, the media and the consumer try to bombard releases with bad reviews, if the, um, developer lies to any degree, even if the game is decent, they will bombard <laughs> games with bad reviews. For example, Pokemon, um, Sword and Shield has been getting really bad reviews this week because of the Pokedex and all the exclusive, all, all, all the exclusives, all the excuses that the Pokemon company made for corners they've had to cut. The reviews have been coming in hard because it turns out that their excuses don't make any sense. And yeah. I won't go into the reasons their excuses don't make any sense, but basically they had reasons for why the Pokedex couldn't be full or reasons why certain Pokemon couldn't be in there. And basically it came down to this is, I feel like they should have said, this is our first time working on the switch and we're trying to get our feet wet. So we're trying to release a simpler version of Pokemon for right now and see how people like the 3d world that we've created. That's a lot more open than original titles. They should have said something like that. Instead they said stuff like, they had to adapt certain things and then they had to create this whole other thing. And then they had to like scrap something else. And (laughs) basically it turns out that really none of that is true. It's more of, they just from the get go only wanted to do so much. And if they would have just been honest, they probably would have decent reviews right now, but uh, it's because there was a bunch of deception being used in basically not lying, but just not talking about things. And it's the same as lying basically to the consumer. So there's been some really bad reviews of Pokemon sword and shield. Um, I personally, I haven't played it yet, but I personally can think that it's probably a decent game. Everybody that I know that plays it loves it. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I think it's probably a decent game from a game standpoint. 
I think hardcore fans are judging it by how it compares to others in the series. Yes. And the reasons that it doesn't line up with the others um, compared to what the developers said were the reasons. And I think that's where it's got a, a bad taste in the mouth of the fans. It's just that there's just inconsistencies. It doesn't feel like the Pokemon company is being very honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With why, why they did what they did. And, um, that's the point I was getting at. What was the point I was getting at? Okay. Yeah. It's just in the modern, the modern era of the media and the internet right now, you yeah. just, you have to be really transparent as a company making any product for people that will look up reviews and will know if they want it or not. And yeah, it's true in in movies and in games, and I I think that's what killed uh, Sea of Thieves was initial reviews, and yeah, um, unfortunately, also the fact that it was released probably before it should have released. The thing is, they released it to launch with Game Pass, and I think once they decided when Game Pass was launching, they had to have it, and there was no other title that they could push, because I think that's also why. Um, State of Decay is so buggy. I don't think State of Decay was ready either. Uh, State of Decay 2 released about a month or two after Game Pass launched, and it didn't feel like it was finished either. And instead, it made Microsoft look like they just didn't actually fully care <laughs> about their <laughs> yeah. own IPs. And uh, to see games like... I know you've been kind of hating on Gears 5 because you just don't think it's fun, but at least Gears 5 isn't broken. <laughs> no, you're right. And I'm <laughs> and not saying at least there's Gears any 5 doesn't have in yeah, Gears yeah. 5 at all. Yeah. So it's not everyone's cup of tea, but at least Gears 5, they actually made sure that they had it like, I guess, 90% done before they announced it. I think it um, looks it beautiful. Out- I mean, I loved the graphics in Gears 5. It just wasn't the game for me. You know? Yeah, but Gears 5 also probably has a much larger team working on it than rare has. Yeah. I think rare is a much smaller sure. team than uh, I forget who develops gears. Um, but gears five, I'm sure had a really large team working on it, but I think that's proof of just waiting and making sure that your game is actually ready to go. Um, yeah. And a lot more companies it. are actually starting to do that. If you notice, because it's like almost <laughs> weekly we're, we're hearing about these game companies that, that are saying, you know what, we, we wanted to release on this date, but we're going to do it on this date. And this is why, because we want to give right. you guys a good game and it's, people are demanding it. Yeah. Know? It's, it can be first party game developers, but yes. that, that tippy tip of first party game developers, the, like the really stingy ones, uh, EA and 2k are the ones that don't follow that. Yeah. But even, but even uh, companies like Bethesda have been saying that they're pushing back things like the new doom game is moving back. That's refreshing to see Bethesda actually care enough to push a release date back. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it makes your, it makes your, um, what's the word? It makes your backers and all of your investors, that's the word, <laughs> it makes them all kind, kind of shaky because it seems like you don't have control of what you're doing. But in reality, as I was saying, in this new day and age, it's just, you should feel relieved because the yes. likeliness that Doom, uh, is it called Doom Eternal? Is that what it's called? I believe so, yeah. What's the new Halo supposed to be called? Oh, maybe it's Halo Eternal. Yeah. This is going to look so stupid. It's one of the two. I think Halo Eternal wait, is the Halo. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. Isn't it, isn't it Diablo Eternal? I isn't that the mobile game know. of Diablo? <laughs> anyway, the new Doom game. The new Doom game would probably have really bad reviews. Doom Infinity. If it released on the... <laughs> what? Infinity. I don't know. Which one's Infinity? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. Now we're really confused. Okay, so the new Doom game that comes out next year, if it would have released on the original release date, it probably would have had bad reviews because there's probably a major reason why they're actually pushing it back. Yeah. And yeah. once it had bad reviews, it would have terrible first week sales. And um, the what little sales it did have the first week would be the people that didn't care about reviews. But then the second week would really show it because then <laughs> there would be zero p- people telling their friends to go get it, you know? Yeah. Um, However, pushing it back a couple of months gives it just reasons to be better at sales because it will more likely have way better reviews unless the game's just bad in general. And the response will be really healthy and people will probably actually look more forward to it because it's been moved, you know? So I don't know. There's a lot of positives about it. Well, as a consumer, that kind of this kind of move, and I'm I'm going to say it again and again, and I would hope that like you know the board of directors or the shareholders or the investors would think the same way, that a company coming forward and saying, "Hey, the game's not ready, and we want to, you know, we're going to push it back a little bit so that we can give you the quality that we know you deserve," that kind of a speech, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, you yeah. think that would instill more confidence? in your investors that they made the right choice and that it's going to pay off for them. And, you know, what they're asking for is time, not necessarily money. You know what I'm saying? And I think that time prepared, you know, uh, creates a better product. That's just my opinion. You know, I think that if you take your time on the game, it's going to look beautiful. And that's, that's what I want to see. You know, that's the kind of stuff I want to play. Something that blows my mind. Not just makes me say, ah, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> you want your mind blown. Exactly. <laughs> I want to not be able to feel my brain tomorrow. <laughs> but um, no, I, I got the record straight. So it is Doom Eternal. Okay. It is not <laughs> Diablo Eternal. It's Diablo Immortal is the game that's on the phones. And what is the Diablo- Halo one? No, Diablo has an Eternal Collection, though. There's a Diablo 3 Eternal Collection that has all the uh, downloadable content on it. So that's Ah. where I was getting confused. And Halo is what you said. It's infinite. So there we go. All right. (laughs) So we're all straight with those very obscure names that don't tell you anything about the game. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't tell you Jack. Oh my god. You should just call them Halo Amazing Doom again and <laughs> Di- <laughs> Diablo Forever or something. Just, just interchange the names. It won't matter. Nobody cares. Okay. Oh, geez. <laughs> so uh you got well, anything? Yeah, actually uh I was it was funny that you mentioned uh Pokemon uh Sword or Shield and uh um that particular game. Um you know, it it has been getting a lot of bad reviews, but like I said, the people that I've talked to personally that have played that game absolutely love it. I mean, they're and they're hardcore Pokemon fans, so they they really dig it. You know, every game's going to have slight issues, of course, but it's nothing 
that they've really uh, bitched or complained about too much. They they seem to really enjoy what they're doing with this game. Um, and that being said, even though there is a a lot of bad publicity out, like you said, or reviews, yeah. um, eBay um, was selling the game. They're completely out of stock of just the game. However, they're offering a discount um, and they're giving basically it's like $10 off the game, but they're offering a switch light with either game for $239.99. So, and that's 20 bucks difference if you purchased them by yeah. themselves. You know what I'm saying? So it's actually doing good enough to where, <laughs> you know, they sold out of their single uh uh discs or copies of the game and so they're bundling it up with the switch and uh i guess those are starting to fly off the shelves um it's part of a black friday deal so um that's gonna be happening then but they don't even have single copies of the game that they can sell so that just (laughs) tells me that not all of those it's kind of like what you said though you know that um they don't like what you know the uh the company was saying they didn't like their answers. So they got some bad publicity because of it and bad reviews, which actually kind of sucks because to me, those aren't legitimate reviews. But like you also said earlier, everybody goes and reads those reviews because that's the age that we're (laughs) in, you know? So it's like, it's like Cartman from South park when he was doing the Yelp reviews. Exactly. Exactly. And he was, he was doing it just to be spiteful. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's all drunk with freaking internet abuse. And uh, yeah, it's just, it it sucks that it's come to that. But unfortunately we, you know, as a society, we tend to believe what we read on the internet now. And uh, it's not all necessarily true. You know, it's just like you say, you got to play it and find out if you actually like it. You know, and I found several yeah. games myself that I never thought I would have played, never thought I would have played, and I enjoy them. You know, mm-hmm. I've talked shit about Fortnite, but I enjoy playing Fortnite once in a while. You know, it's it's a goofy, fun little game. I, I enjoy doing that, but you know, it's don't read all the reviews. Check it out yourself because it seems to be flying <laughs> off the shelves everywhere, guys. And, I don't uh, mean to, I don't mean to take you too much off your stream of thought, but. Can I get a soundbite of you saying Pokemon? Because Pokemon is singular and plural. Why Pokemon? <laughs> Why you said po- you said Pokemon twice? Oh uh, well, you know Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's how you I just say keep it. it? We'll just yeah, keep it don't it, matter to fine. me. <laughs> it's how I talk, dude. <laughs> I should just put I should just put a uh, Microsoft Sam over you saying it and just be Pokemon <laughs> over you saying it. It just sounds like <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> it just it totally breaks up your rhythm of speech too. <laughs> oh man. Go ahead. Speaking of breaking your rhythm, go ahead. Oh uh, well, you know, speaking of not breaking their rhythm, uh, Fortnite. Not just a great game, but also one of the one of the best one of the best <laughs> promotional venues that are out there for movies, for other games. Uh, you know what? Even for Weezer's latest album, Fortnite is a huge promotional venue, and they right now did a uh, crossover. So if you buy uh, Jedi Fallen Order. 
you get a Stormtrooper skin that you can wear in Fortnite. And I'm actually kind of excited about this because I'm I'm going to play some Fortnite again because I want to go into a battle and see a bunch of Stormtroopers coming at me. I think that would be awesome to see, <laughs> to see I, this I saw someone comment Fortnite. that. I saw someone comment that it's finally okay for them to miss all the time. <laughs> Because they can't That's hit hilarious. <laughs> You're right. They can't because those people should have been dead in the first one. What? Like 50, 60 times. Yeah. They it was never, ridiculous. They never could hit uh, anything. Luke Skywalker never should have made it through that. But yeah, they do miss a lot. So maybe it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of neat. Uh, you know, Fortnite does this a lot with their crossovers and they sell a lot of product through that. And it's just a really cool cosmetic item that you get. If you do buy the game, you get it for cool. free. So if you were already planning on buying Jedi fallen order, you do get to uh, go ahead and download that skin for Fortnite and have some fun, man. I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's neat. I, I love it when Fortnite does this stuff though. Um, it it's different. You know, you go into the game and not everybody looks the same and, it, it think it's just a good thing. It's a fun thing. It's just a little, you know, goofy, crappy thing that they're doing. Cool. <laughs> but next, uh, there's rumors about a new <laughs> Mass Effect game that's uh, supposed to be in very early, quote, very early development. Um, and uh, a lot of people are excited about it. Um, they're... Uh, you know, talking about it in their little Reddit discussions and everything else, because people have been waiting for um, a new uh, <laughs> Mass Effect for a while. And uh, do you remember when the first one came out, by any chance? It was on the 360. Okay. So it was a uh, well, there's ago. rumors that a new it's Mass Effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I should have interrupted you. Sorry, go ahead. It's all good. There's rumors that a new Mass Effect. <laughs> Is in uh, very early development. Uh, you know, a lot of the chatter out there and Reddit and some of the um, uh, other forums is that, you know, people had assumed that because they had said it was on hiatus, that it was dead, that the game wasn't coming in back. And also, you know, you, you look at some of the um, uh, Mass Effects that have come out. You said it was when? 2007? That the first Mass Effect 2007 came out? was the first one. And the first three were all pretty well received, except the Andromeda. A lot of people didn't like the ending of three, but Andromeda was what killed yeah. any hope for another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andromeda was like a bunch of crap from, uh, you know, it's kind of like um, uh, what's happened to a couple other games that we that we like, even let's just say Fallout, you know, maybe they'll come back from that with something better, you know. So it, this is something that people were wanting and they were wanting to see. Um, they had talked about, uh, doing something else after Andromeda, but then they, like I said, somebody had reported that the the series, the entire series was on hiatus, and that was two years ago. But uh, one of the guys, Mike Gamble, who is like one of the directors of uh, and a Bioware producer, um, who was working on all the other Mass Effects, and he was also a lead producer on Anthem, he has said that Mass Effect is certainly not dead. And Another uh, gentleman, Mark Dara, I guess, came out and said that they're not done with Mass Effect. And a lot of other people are starting to hint at Mass Effect, just making comments of it. So people are getting excited and they're saying very early development. So like, you know, you know, 
probably more than anybody else being in any kind of uh, um, art development with music or anything else that that could be as much as even just putting lyrics on a page or concept sketches on a storyboard, you know? So yeah, it, it could be as little as having a a couple of conversations of an idea. Yeah. A studio (laughs) said that, you know, we could do another mass effect. Yeah. And they're saying at the (laughs) earliest anyway, uh, from some of the rumors are going to be in late 2021. So you're talking a couple of years away anyway, that, that this game could possibly come out if you're going to make a good quality game and you're going to, you know, turn around people's opinion uh, from the last mass effect, then you got to imagine that they're going to put some time into it. So I don't see it coming out even that soon, you know, but yeah. So yeah. a lot of people are happy um, that this is not dead, that it's not gone and, and uh, that they're going to have another mass effect to play. So I think it would be cool to see. I'm excited about it. So, you know, but we're talking, what, two or three years down the road. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting to see. It's really interesting to hear that the former uh, head of Anthem was commenting on it because he left BioWare yep. when a lot of people left BioWare. Um, yep. So um, it's very likely that he could be actually working on it. That's Um, what they're saying. A lot of people were speculating where he was going to go. This was also before Sony had all those moves that they made. Um, There's been a a lot of shaking up with big names in developing of games this year. So we don't know really where anyone's ending up, where they're all falling into place, you know. But that's the big part of the rumor is that they're assuming that he is now going to be a part of this game. So, and which would be cool, you know, if people just, you know, fixed those bridges they burned and, and started making some good quality games again. And that's what a lot of companies are doing. I can't, I shouldn't say that they should start doing it. I think that's the direction that these companies are taking. And because like you said, man, it all comes down to their, I mean, look at what just happened with Sonic the Hedgehog for Christ's sakes, you know? The outcry was so huge that now they've done this great version of Sonic that I when I saw the new trailer, I was like, dude, that is freaking that is what it's supposed to be right there. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Oh, dude, it's gone from nobody wants to see it to everyone wants to see it. So yeah, it's a great thing. It's a great yeah, thing. Everybody and now feels obligated to see it too. Because oh, <laughs> they like a little bit, yeah. Somebody you, was like, I, I it's crazy how proud people are that they cyber bullied a paramount studios (laughs) into changing their movie well that's that's the whole point too is that these companies don't want that to happen to them and these gaming companies especially because look at how fast people get on reddit and other forums and start bashing these games so quickly and it spreads it just in a matter of milliseconds so you know they gotta they gotta slow down and and make a quality game. So, you know, the, <laughs> this kind of news just makes people chomp at the bit until they see a release or some sort the of trailer. The news Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a lot of caffeine in my system right now. You know, um, I even read another story too, by the way, that uh, speaking of okay. Sonic, that, um, that uh, <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to remember the name of the character. Um, Let's see here. Pikachu. Let's see. It is. Uh, there it is. Uh, that <laughs> I don't know if it was a true story or not, but um, 
it said that the people, the, uh, the internet, uh, uh, crowd that got them to change <laughs> Sonic, the hedgehog, uh, was so drunk with power that they're demanding big. The cat is in the movie. Now <laughs> <I saw> that. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's, you know, because that's the kind of thing that we're coming to where we can, you know, get enough people together that these companies will change their mind and their attitudes. So yeah, it's kind of crazy to see this happening. <laughs> there, yeah. There's nothing else that Paramount is going to change about Sonic. I think I saw oh, that no. story. I think it's clearly yeah. fake. Yeah. They've already, um, uh, they've already invested enough money in a redo. Yeah. I'm just excited to see Jim Carrey again. Oh so. God. Yeah. He's going to be great in this movie. Looks really good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Like, there's a joke about Big the Cat because it's such a random ass character. Yeah, exactly. Like, as far as I know, Tails isn't even going to be in it. Like, I no. think Sonic's going to be the only animated character in the whole yep. movie. So, there's going to be no Knuckles or anything like that. So, which will leave room Big for the a Cat part would two. be just so random. Yeah. Here's the thing: is I hate when movies do that like this where it's all centralized on one character. Yeah. And then at the end, they like go look at these other characters and then they never make a sequel. So I, I mean, I'm going to bet that this movie either ends with or during the credits, there's going to be like knuckles and uh, tails or something. I don't think they're going to be in the actual movie, but I think they may be in like the credits or at the end of the credits. One of the two. I think there's going to be, we'll, we'll see what happens. If the movie is anywhere near as good as it looks, uh, then they're going to do a <laughs> sequel. They have to. So, yeah. Pick, best picture of the year. <laughs> I predict it. 2020. Sure. Yeah. Jim Carrey for Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Jim Carrey wins an Oscar <laughs> for Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be hilarious. um anyway uh my last piece of news that i had um is just dance 2020 (laughs) just released um and ubisoft makes just dance and i remember that i've always noticed that just dance way after the Wii, even (laughs) Way after the Wii was already like not being made, um, they would keep releasing it on the Wii. Like the Wii U is already out and they're releasing the Wii version of Just Dance. I'm like, okay, well, it's a really good seller, right? Um, Then the Switch came out and they wouldn't have any Wii U games in any store, but Just Dance on the Wii would appear. And I'd be like, okay, that is like two systems ago. (laughs) Why are they still doing that? Well, they released the UK sales numbers for just dance 2020 and 55% of the sales are for the Nintendo switch, which makes sense. It's a motion game. It's about dancing. The switch is really popular and it's target audience is kind of owning a switch. (laughs) It also (laughs) did 14% of its sales on the PS4 and 10% of its sales on the Xbox one, which are a lot Mm. lower but 21% of the game's sales were for the Wii, the regular Wii, not the Wii U, the actual regular Wii. So we're talking about a console that hasn't been made in, gosh, what is it, six, seven years? Maybe more than that. I don't know when the Wii stopped being made. Maybe 10 years. 
and they are still releasing Just Dance on the Wii. The thing is, I have no idea how well it performs. I know Just Dance doesn't take much to run, but I would like to see a side-by-side comparison of the Wii version with, like, I don't know, <laughs> the Xbox One version. Yeah, Because, I be mean, they're totally different hardware. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But what's so crazy about this selling 21% of its units in the UK to Wii owners is... That's almost as much as the PS4 and the Xbox copies did combined. <laughs> and this is on a system that's not even currently sold. Now, we talk about the, the strength of having systems already in people's homes. Nintendo has done this in the past where they have marketed adapters for old systems because they know that there's certain systems that are already in a bunch of homes. Um so, like, back when the NES came out, they were putting so many peripherals on the NES because they knew how many people had it. They were, like, putting ridiculous things on them that you wouldn't even use, but they knew that you owned it, so they knew that they could sell you a peripheral. So, in the same sense, because the Wii is, like, up there with the PlayStation 2 on best-selling consoles ever, um, a lot of people have those systems lying around. So... It's one of those things where Ubisoft is smart enough to keep making it for the Wii. And I heard that there's some rumors that this could be the last year that they do that. But the thing is, there's no reason why it would be if it's still 21% of the sales. Yeah, exactly. So we're probably going to see. That's a pretty big percentage. Yeah, we're probably going to see the 2021 still on the Wii. The question is, when will they stop? A lot of people are saying that this is the last year, but I thought last year was the last year. Uh, But I wasn't seeing numbers. (laughs) I was just like... I was just like, wow, they're still making that for the Wii. They must sell really well, or a lot of people must have the Wii. But no, it's, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's just, it sells really well on the Wii because of how many people have it in their homes. It's just crazy. But um, maybe it's that Just Dance targets an audience that doesn't actually play games that much. Uh, that yeah, could be it too. Yeah. So maybe the last system a lot of people did buy is the Wii. I don't know. But let's say you didn't buy a Switch or a Wii U, but you have PS4 or Xbox One for your main powerful gaming hardware. You may still just have a Wii as your main motion game. So of course you would buy Just Dance for the Wii and not for you know the Xbox. So that could be also a reason that people are doing that. They could just not have the new nintendo console you know and they're just using the wii as their motion console so uh (laughs) it's really weird um i guess we'll be looking forward to next year see if it's also on the wii (laughs) it's pretty ridiculous yeah um but no that's the last piece of news i have before we get into any big topics did you want to talk about kojima oh kojima yeah i guess i'll talk about kojima so I don't know why I missed this, but Kojima responded to all the bad reviews that um, not bad reviews, but mixed reviews that were going around about Death Stranding. And basically his statement was this. Let me find it. He said, I must say that the game has received some enthusiastic reviews above all in Europe and Japan here in the U S instead We've had stronger criticisms. Perhaps it's a game that's difficult to understand for a certain type of critic and some of the public. Americans are some of the biggest first-person shooter fans, and Death Stranding isn't that. Then he said that uh, 
in America, there are a lot of F- FPS fans. Maybe those fans are saying this is like a different game and are not rating it very high. <laughs> There's another statement he made. Let me try to find it. Oh, man, it's not here. He ended up basically saying that Europeans are a lot more cultured than <laughs> Americans, <laughs> which I thought was really funny because it's really true. Um for the most part, you would think that it's getting really bad reviews in America because we're all about the Call of Duties and the and the first-person shooters and stuff. So Death Stranding being a very uh, cinematic storytelling experience um, from a big studio was kind of disappointing to the average uh, consumer. Um, but the thing is, unlike what Kojima said, if you look, look up stats of the reviews worldwide... Um, it's actually kind of polarized in every country. It's not just America. It's just a generally polarized game. Yeah. In fact, um, Europe, I believe, is giving it on average worse reviews on Metacritic than America. So Kojima didn't do research, obviously. <laughs> but um, it, it is funny that not only was his statement not accurate, but he did just throw all Americans under the bus saying that uh, they're just basically uncultured swine. But <laughs> I I just thought it was really funny because Good luck it's even your game now, buddy. Yeah, the, the thing is, I'm not even hating on him for it because I kind no, of agree with him. Yeah, it doesn't bother um, me. Yeah, I'm an uncultured swine. Anyway, um, <laughs> I the thing is, I agree with him. the The funny part is that it's not accurate because I would probably make a statement like he made in the same sense where I'd be like. I bet Death Stranding is doing better overseas than in America because America just doesn't really want this type of game, you know? So it is interesting. It has so many American actors in it. So it's it's a game made for a Japanese studio for a Japanese console made by a Japanese game designer. But it stars a bunch of Americans. <laughs> and basically Kojima is saying that he marketed this thing for Americans, which he didn't say that, but if you make it solid American actors... That's what it's going to look like. And he's basically saying that Americans are not soaking it up as well as other countries are. So that is interesting because it clearly has a very strong American Hollywood actor cast to it. And this is coming from Kojima, who's basically said in some recent interviews that the next thing he's going to work on is a movie that he really wants to get into motion pictures. So, I mean, I don't think it's the wisest thing for him to just be saying that Americans are uncultured. He didn't directly say that, but it kind of implied that they just like first person shooters and they don't really care about anything yeah. else. But <laughs> I mean, everybody has their own cup of tea, I guess. So that's true. our cup of tea that is, is not champagne. It's just, you know, sweet tea. Cavassier. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, thank you for reminding me about that. I just thought it was a oh, really yeah, yeah, funny, yeah. a really funny statement when I read it because I was just like Kojima just shooting, shooting down all of us. But uh, I'm still looking forward to playing that game. I was kind of hoping to see it on sale for Black Friday. I haven't seen any ads for it on sale, but it could be because it's an exclusive to PlayStation and PC, so maybe hard to find any good deals on it. But it also did just come out. But at the same time, uh, 2K. 20 wrestling just came out and i think walmart's gonna have it for like 25 dollars or something oh cool so like that that well i mean nobody wants that game that's the glitch fest game so it's not cool oh, i got you 
<laughs> the joke is that it was it was full price for only like a three weeks, maybe. So it's oh, already wow. getting dropped like crazy. But good luck with that. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say, or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple actually. Just a couple quick ones. Um, uh, Microsoft update, oh, the I'm new update that came this. out. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. I thought it was kind of <laughs> cool because I don't know if. Um, uh, people know about everything that came on the update, but I thought it was kind of neat because now you can use a uh, Google assistant. They have the Google assistant support and you can use the, uh, uh, you can use a device with the assistant on it or an app to control your Xbox one. So you can launch games, apps, turn the console on and off, pause videos. Also all this really cool stuff using the Google assistant. So it's kind of neat because you could basically do it all by, uh, by voice and um along with that you get the new gamer tag support that came out so it's yeah. kind of like with uh having your discord or your uh street steam account any of that kind of stuff where it i could just go to my last name if i wanted to now instead of the excise and all that crap you know the bookends so it's kind of neat that they're doing that um so if somebody already has it, you'll just have a number after yours. Not a big deal. Um, people won't necessarily see the number. It'll just show the name. So it's kind of cool that that's uh, that they're letting you do that and everything. And uh, the text filters, which I think is good for parents. Um, it's kind of neat because they're they've gone from friendly to unfiltered. So I mine is on unfiltered. I really don't give a crap what people say to me. I you know I want to be able to read the entire message. And with some of the people that I play with, it's probably important that I leave it at unfiltered uh, because I wouldn't get any of their messages at all. But they do have the um, <laughs> they have a friendly mode, which is really good because for parents, they can put that on and their kids aren't going to see anything toxic or nasty that comes to them from another player. So I think it's a really kind of an important move to make. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but I think no, it's a I'm good saying thing. No, I agree with you, but I'm wondering if like, what if it had like really smart AI on it? So like some kid would like be really toxic and he'd message another kid, some message that said something like, just uninstall the game, you fucktard. And it translates it to great job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a toxicity translator. Yeah. The, the kid's like, oh, <laughs> he gets the message back. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah, but it with translates a it to eat your ass. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh the, the, the other kid has his non-filtered on, so it like reverses it. It makes very approachable oh statements really offensive. It's like, GG, <laughs> <G> guys. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm going to try a couple of the new features that they have on here with the Google Assistant. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to put that Google Assistant on my phone and and see how that all works since I have the uh, the Xbox app on my phone also. And you uh, do yeah. that, you fucktard. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. That I was meant a, it good in a good story. Way. That was a good story. Thank you. Well, now now <laughs> on to one that I know that you're gonna love about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Don't worry. Uh, I, I was reading this story. It doesn't have anything to do with gaming. Um, the only reason that I would even bring him into this is, you know, because of his, uh, it's uh, Nick Cage. Uh, you can go wherever he wants. Yeah, it's that's good. true. That's true. Um, but basically he is in discussions to play himself in an upcoming movie. 
and <laughs> it's actually it's it's kind of cool what he's doing um and I might actually want to see it, but uh, this are some of the quotes. The character is desperate to get a new role in or get a role in a new Tarantino movie while also dealing with a strained relationship with his teenage daughter. He also occasionally talks to an egotistical 1990s version of himself who rides him for making too many crappy movies and for not being a star anymore. <laughs> then it says, <laughs> is this written by Charlie Kaufman? It sounds like that, but go ahead. Keep going. No, no, it's not. Um, And then it says the cage character is also under a mountain of debt and finds himself forced to make an appearance at the birthday party of a Mexican billionaire who happens to be a fan of cages work. And secretly (laughs) he hopes to show him a script that he's been working on. So, it gets even better from that. Uh, they say that Cage bonds with this guy and then learns he's actually a drunk cartel boss who kidnapped the daughter of a Mexican presidential candidate <laughs> and who is working for the U.S. government on intelligence gathering. And then it spirals when uh, the Mexican brings over Cage's daughter and his ex-wife for a reconciliation. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah. So basically, the movie is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> but it has references for all his movies Leaving Las Vegas, Face Off, Gone in 60 Seconds, fucking uh, the, uh, the movies about uh, what was that movie that he did uh, with, he was kind of like Indiana Jones. Oh, he was in uh, National Treasure. That's it, National Treasure, and because uh, he is one. And I, uh, I hate to say, a Ghost Rider, but um, <laughs> Ghost Rider, the first one's good in a campy way, but it's not great uh, in a good way. It was trash. It was trash. The, they ruined. The second one's awful. I loved the Ghost Rider comic books back in the day, dude. And they, they, oh my god, ah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if they say that they're going to try to remake them or anything the like first- that, they're just going to have three or four bad Ghost Riders, like they have three or four bad Fantastic Fours. The it's first Ghost Rider, the first Ghost Rider is just about Nicolas Cage turning into a demon to fight a bunch of hot topic managers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, they're saying he's going to get paid as much. <laughs> they're saying he's going to get paid as much as he got for doing National Treasure and Con Air. So, yeah. You know what's so about, crazy is he, he uh, hasn't been fitting. in. He hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't been in a big movie in a long time. So no, he hasn't. To he actually hasn't. have a big company like Lionsgate, which isn't the biggest, but to have a company like Lionsgate backing it is really yeah. cool because yeah. he's made so many crappy movies in the last few years. I mean, he was in left behind that. Yes. Cr- Christian movie about the rapture, which yeah. was a really weird for him. Um, that's how a pilot, I'll, right? Yeah. That's just yeah. how crazy. I mean, I mean, it's proof. It's proof that a director and a script means a lot because if you watch that movie, Nicholas Cage's Cage gives no shits about his performance in there. It is god awful. Um, the thing is, this guy Nicholas Cage could act really well. He's done really oh, yeah. good performances. Uh, Matchstick yeah. Men. Um, what's that other movie? 
He's in um, Adaptation. Those movies have great performances. But um, <laughs> in recent years, he's been doing things where it seems like he literally just walked out of his trailer a second ago and <laughs> just started shooting and then went back to his trailer. <laughs> I think Valley Girl was the pinnacle of his career. I actually haven't seen that yet. <laughs> you haven't? No, I've seen Raising Arizona. I liked him in that. Oh, God. That was just holy shit. That movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Because he has a lot of good movies, but he's you know my kind favorite of tainted part of that it movie with so many is... bad ones. <laughs> my, favorite part? Part of that, my favorite part of that movie is that American Dad used the part where <laughs> John Goodman's pulling himself out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Where he's pulling himself <laughs> out of the mud. <laughs> and he grabs old boy and pulls him up. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that movie's dorky. But it's a good... So anyway, that's my Nicolas Cage story. I don't think we have a shortage of needs for Nicolas Cage stories. Um, I, I, this is interesting. I haven't heard about that. So I'm glad you told me about it. Cause I am now looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm probably going to watch that movie. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds like maybe it'll be good. We'll see. So since uh, that's all we got about news, um, I thought we could talk about a idea for the episode. Yeah. Uh, just a concept about basically I wanted to talk to you about the future of first person versus third person yeah um as far as games and shooters go and the thing is there's i feel like personally i've noticed a rise in consumers really wanting more third person um judging by the reaction to how disappointed they were that um, Cyberpunk 2077 was not going to be in third person. Yes. There was so much disappointment about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed about it. A lot of other people are. But I think it's because of the oversaturation of first person. I don't think there's anything yes. inherently wrong about first person. But I think it's because there's so few games that do third person right anymore. It's basically just Rockstar and Naughty Dog that yeah, do and third they- person. If they've done third person before, if they've if that's what their genre was to begin with, why why mess with that that right. uh, recipe for success? You know. Yeah, and I think that's what people are confused about on Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is those creators didn't they work on The Witcher and that's a third person, so I think that's what would yes. confuse them. I think they were hoping that it was going to be third. And then it was first, and it was like, oh, cool, another futuristic dystopia that's in first person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and it, 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 to me, those kind of games, like you're saying right there, it, it, to me, it, 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 the third-person view adds to that. It adds to that whole story, being able to see that character, you know? Right, and that's one of the things that makes like uh, GTA Five so much fun is, yes. why would you want to even be able to customize your clothes if you couldn't see it? You have the ability. You have the ability to do first person mode in GTA Five, but it's really pointless because you kind of need to see your character. Um, I only ever do first person in GTA Five to drive because it is ridiculous driving a car and then experiencing a car accident in first person. But um, 
um there, there's all most games i would rather have third person um i like uncharted's third person those those are all some of my favorite games yeah um and the thing is we have heard that cyberpunk 2077 is going to have character customization and it's just so weird that it has that when you can't see it except in mirrors so, yeah exactly or, or your friends can see your character and that's it. It doesn't make any sense. If right. you're going to have that kind of, that kind of detailed customization, then you need to let the, 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 the player see that character. It just doesn't make any sense otherwise. Right. Um, if you take some games, like I'm trying to think of games, like what games would be better if they were in third person, um, better if person. they were in third person. Yeah, like ones that are first person, like what would, ones that you would enjoy more if they're in third. I first thought of Sea of Thieves, where I thought that'd yes, be really fun I think to be sea seen of in third person. Would be a blast in third person. However, I do like the idea that it really feels like you're driving a ship in first person, and you could actually get yes. seasick. <laughs> well, I do I think, like that, but the I third person being, would be really cool on an island. You know, I think having the option of switching between the two, like let's take you know paladins for example you can switch between third person and first person in paladins and i actually enjoy that because regardless of what you enjoy playing because let's just be honest there are some people that prefer playing in first person rather than third me me personally it depends on the game it depends on the game and the gameplay that's when it comes into factor for me but there's some people that prefer a third person video game over a first person and vice versa Right. Even you know? in Paladins, I enjoy playing third and first on different characters. Exactly. Like exactly. tanks, I do third and then damage, yes. I do first. So tanks is, I agree with you 100% on that. I think that that is one of the good, that that's one of the good options of being able to switch between the two. And so, you know, gaming companies, if you're listening, take note of that. Take note. We want choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean it's don't a very short us, list don't make us reddit your ass into doing it <laughs> <laughs> there's not there's not many games that allow you to switch between the two it's like it's no. paladins gta 5 allows you to yes and um, you can kind of do that in world of warcraft by scrolling your mouse you could actually go into a first person view if you wanted to but then you wouldn't you could, even know that you were a panda uh, yeah except if you talked <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but yeah, they do that with the, <laughs> they give them accents. You know, the trolls sound like they're from Jamaica and the orcs sound like they're, you know, some guy who smoked 50 packs of cigarettes his entire life. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they sound like a bagger at Berkshire Brothers. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think our nor- our northern <laughs> listeners will have no idea what we're talking about. Berkshire Brothers is yep. a grocery store that's in the southern regions. Yes. <laughs> Good fried um, chicken, though. <laughs> that's anyway. a matter of opinion. I know you've talked about it before. I need to try it again, I guess. Um, but about what we were talking about, first and yes. third person. Um, the thing is, w- the future of it, I feel like the audiences want more third person. But yeah. the thing is, so many developers just keep making first person. And I think it's because of games like Call of Duty and Battlefield that are so successful well, in it's, that it's genre. It's what's popular right now. 
it's what's right. popular. And and that, like you just said, that genre is made for first-person shooters. So, you know, it, but that's what everybody's kind of jumping onto. You know what I mean? Right, now, but is Fortnite a third-person game? Yeah, Fortnite, I was about to say that. Fortnite is a third-person, and PUBG and um, the other one. The one that's made uh, by the Titanfall makers. PUBG and... Uh, um, oh my gosh. The one that's made by Respawn. Oh, Apex. Apex. Yes. <laughs> um, Apex and um, PUBG are both first person. So um, yes. even in that genre, uh, Fortnite is way more successful. And as much as they're, as but much as they're it, waning... It's still yeah. more successful. But I think it has to be third person because of the building aspect. True. If it was in first person, it would had be very build, difficult. That'd be very difficult. <laughs> um, you know, all you'd see is a fucking wall. You wouldn't know which way it went. It's just all of a sudden, boom, clack. Yeah, but there are games like, I mean, once we start talking about competitive games, it's like a lot of them lock the ability to change like yes. paladins has to be in first person and competitive yes uh, which is disappointing but at the same time um there's other team-based games where it's competitively played where i always wonder what if you could change it like rocket league what if you could be first person in the car that what would totally could, change that game <laughs> what if you could go third person on overwatch yeah and third person on overwatch would be oh really cool. man that would be kind of tight that would be so tight dude because it'd be really good uh, for tanks, for sure. But then oh, there's a lot yeah. of tanks like Roadhog would be impossible on. You have to go third first person, person on Roadhog, yeah. yes. Yeah. But like Reinhardt or Rissa, you could easily. You know, Zarya, yeah. you'd probably have to be first person, you know? I, I don't know. Zarya could probably do third, for sure. Well, because the yeah, way the, the bubbles bubble. are really yeah. forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But. I'm trying to think about this year, how many games came out that were third person. And there really aren't that many, even things like, um, what is it called? Outer is borderlands three third person. No, it's first person. A lot are still first person. Lots are still outer worlds is third. I believe until you go, I think it's like, uh, it's is it a combination of, like destiny. I believe it's like a destiny style. Yeah. When you get to the, uh, your, way station or whatever it is you're probably yeah that's also outside like of your first apex was like that too right yeah uh, not apex i'm sorry not apex anthem anthem yes anthem. yeah um yeah yeah you're right i mean i hope there's more third person but the thing is as long as the best-selling games of the year are first person shooters it's really I mean, I sound like Kojima right now, but as uncultured swine are going <laughs> to keep making, um, keep making the FPS is the most popular. But the yeah. thing is, Fortnite was the most popular game last year and love it or hate it. Uh, it was third person. And so that should say something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. And, um, true. The most respected first party developer for Sony Naughty Dog makes solid third-person games. Yeah. Um, GTA and all the Rockstar games, basically, are all third-person. Uh, GTA Five is like True. the best-selling game on PS4 and uh, Xbox One. Like, just period. Yeah. So, like, say what yeah. you will about 
things like Call of Duty and stuff being really good sellers for a short holiday season, but they're replaced next year by another one. So their numbers are destroyed in comparison to games that sell year after year, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's just that's just like I was just saying at the beginning, though. It It really depends on the game itself and the gameplay. For me, it does. You know, it's I could care uh, it, deep down. I could care less who sells more of which game, but there are certain games I love playing third person, and there are certain games that I love playing first, and there are certain games that I love playing both. I just think it has its place, and it has its you know it has its priority. I feel like it should be obvious to developers though whether or not something is working <laughs> in first or third person because. For yes. example, I really like the fact that Battlefield 1 was in first per- first person because it just felt like how that game should play. It just felt really yes. natural. However, a game that has similar shooting mechanics like Fallout 3 and 4, I have always wanted those to be third person. You know? And I can see and that. And the too. default I is can see that. first, and I think yeah. it's just I, I see Fallouts as more of an adventure game than I see them as a straight-up FPS. So it doesn't make much sense to me for it to be first-person. It actually often disorients me because of the way the camera moves in the environment. Um, it's a lot easier on your eyes in third-person, especially if you're doing a game that's about searching things. Yes, Like yes. shooters, you're not searching the ground for stuff. You're usually no. just running through and shooting people. You're looking um, for targets and that's it. Yeah. Right, right. But games where you're like looking through things and things um, and searching, it can get really disorienting in first person because it makes you feel like you're just shaking your head around rooms constantly. Uh, this may not be a problem that pl- problem to a person that plays on like a 20 inch monitor, but when you're playing on like a 55 or 60 inch television, it kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> makes you start getting dizzy. But, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I feel like those were no brainers. I feel like Fallout made more sense as a third person, but that could just be me, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's certain games that are like that, that make more sense as a, as a third person or a first person, you know, it just, it, yeah. I mean, it's like we said, it really depends on the game itself, but I think that would be a really interesting way to do uh, betas and testing is to offer both experiences and in order to see what's going to work best for the game itself, not just assuming it's going to be a good first-person game. Because even in Doom, even in the Doom games, uh, I believe, or not the Doom games, uh, I can't remember the name of the game now, where, um, <laughs> damn it. So uh, one of the one of the series was first person, and then another one was a third person, and it was two completely different experiences. But you were able to experience each game differently. You know, oh. does it make sense? I'm trying to remember what it was. I think I know what you're talking about. What did yeah. you guess it was? It wasn't Doom. Well, no, it wasn't Doom, but Doom did have the ability to. But it was it kind just, of like that. Uh, it was kind of that esque kind of game, you know, where your monsters and shit are coming after you. But you know, yeah. but the 
you know, the feeling of a first person game like that, it's completely different than experiencing the whole room around the character in third right. person view. So, you know, I think it does have its place, but I think that would be an interesting concept for some of these developers to, to introduce that in their beta testing to see, you know, cause you never know, you may have the full intention of doing a first person shooter or a first person style game, I shouldn't just lock them into shooters, you know, uh, so doing a first person style of game and then come to find out that it actually works better in third person, that right. you get a better reception from the players in third person than you would in first. So maybe that's something that game developers need to think about and, you know, look at doing that in the future so that they can, you know, create it- these, you know, what works for the actual game itself. Right. And you're talking about an artistic standpoint. I was talking about the practical standpoint of FPSs make more sense in first person because of accuracy and stuff like that. Oh, yes. And then third person makes more sense for searching. But you are right in the sense that in an artistic point of view, to do a game that is not like Doom or Call of Duty in first person, there has to be you have to have a real reason for why you would do that. For example, yes. I was going to say that Cyberpunk 2077 seems to make total sense as a third person because it seems to be a lot about doing missions and experiencing uh, exactly. the universe and yeah. riding around on your cycle and uh, probably doing short mission runs and things. It seems like a game that's built for third person because it sounds like Red Dead 2 in the future. Yeah. Um, But instead it's in first person, which is like, so what does that do? Does that make you not know if you're real or something? You're supposed to like experience the idea of not knowing if you're human or a cyborg or, or is it supposed to make the cycle feel like more chaotic? Like they have to have a reason for artistically why they would make the choice to make it first person. You get what I'm saying? That would be interesting to try to get a hold of some of these guys and say, you know, why did you choose to do it this way? You know, instead of... Yeah, not saying that they're doing what's... In my opinion, I wouldn't have done it. But the thing is, at some point, they made the decision to make it first person and not third. And you hope it's not just because they said FPSs make the most money. There should have probably been an artistic reason why they did it. And I would like to know what was the thing that beat out the ability to see your own character's reaction to the world around them. Because in third persons, you can have your character like move through a crowd and they can like look around while you're moving through the crowd things like that make it feel more like you're watching a cinematic scene yes but yes. in first person your character's just looking where you're looking and you have no idea where anything looks like except for maybe your feet or your hands yeah um yeah. and i don't know They're, they had to have a reason and that's one of the biggest head scratchers i have because for example death stranding uh kojima is in third person and um that's obvious why it's in third person it's not a shooter and it's about exploration and storytelling so it makes sense as third person yeah um but i i don't understand cyberpunk 2077 doesn't seem like a super big shooter and it might have some shooting but um not enough to make it a first person shooter that's what i'm saying it seems to exactly seems to detract from its it's gameplay more than what it could bring. And I was, I even, I was disappointed seeing that it was going to be in first person because I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You got to be able to see yourself, 
you know, to see everything as it evolves. You know what I mean? Right. For the same sense, I would argue that Bioshock could be in third person because of the way yes. it is. But Bioshock benefits from first person because it makes it feel more like a horror game at times. And that's, and that's, that's, that's see, and that's what works for that game. Right, and that, that's my whole point is that it, you you need to have that option. I think when you're testing the game because you they're, you're not always correct when you put it out, it, you know. But like you said, first person shooters are made for that. It would look kind of it would feel way too weird in third person right. playing Call of Duty. And that's why I was thinking that Cyberpunk 2077 is probably going to look kind of like Bioshock in a sense of first person games. Yeah, but I don't think it's trying to be creepy. So. I don't know. So Bioshock yeah. is kind of excusable in first person because it gives you that uneasiness of not knowing what's beside you or behind you. Yeah. So uh, that's what adds to its like uneasiness. But Cyberpunk doesn't seem to be that type of game. It seems to be more it of doesn't. a, I'm a badass and I'm running through the city and that's what you do. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's just it's kind of weird in first person because it's hard to feel as much like a badass in first person because as I said, you aren't even aware of your surroundings. You don't even know what's beside you. Um, So from an artistic standpoint, I would actually really like for, are are they called CD project red? Is that their name? Um, Yes. I would really like to know what their reason was because I feel like they made this decision pretty, pretty early on to make it first person. And maybe it was a different type of game when they started out. Maybe it could have been. Yeah. Maybe it was more of a shooter and it's just turned into more of a atmospheric world. I don't know. And the thing is when it comes out, it could just be a really big shooter and we could be just completely wrong about it. Having any sense of a story, but, um, we'll see when that comes out. Um, it's got, it's got Keanu Reeves in it. I was about to say, but it's got five out of five Keanu Reeves. So, We'll probably yeah, it's probably fine. a lot of shooting. Yeah. Did you see that Keanu Reeves is going to be in the new SpongeBob movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a new SpongeBob movie coming out, and he's going to play a like a wise tumbleweed or something, and his face is just glowing like Jesus Christ in a tumbleweed, <laughs> and he just speaks to them. So it's gonna it's gonna kind of harken it's gonna kind of harken back to the David Hasselhoff cameo <laughs> in the first movie. So it looks pretty amazing. Oh my God. That's going to be funny. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that is yeah, going to be th- funny. I think it was a good talk. I mean, I, yeah. I think that I want third person to become more popular. Um, I do see that there's importance of both, but at the same time, I feel like too many games are making the decision to be first person without actually considering the advantages of third person because exactly. Yes. This, as I was saying, it didn't take me long to explain the difference of the emotional beats of what each can bring. And you oh, yeah. are totally agreeing with me. This isn't yes. unheard of. Yeah. Um, I feel like game designers should be aware of this. This isn't yes. something that's going over their heads. So at some point, some big man with a lot of money is making the decision to not do that. So all I can think of is maybe if they don't have an artistic reason for it, that cyberpunk has to be doing it because of money. Just don't oh, yeah. think it makes any sense. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And if they don't have this, exactly what you said, if they don't have an artistic reason that it has to do with the almighty dollar and, you know, but it, you know, the bottom line is the bottom line. It's a company, 
you know, they're going to do stuff like that. And hopefully, though, they it isn't what it is, but more than likely it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, just sucks. But hey, that's gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um um, I think that's all I really had to talk about today. Um, there's some more stuff that I can talk about next week. It's really not important to this show. Um, it's been a really, um, really uh, busy week. I've been trying to oh, yeah. be a lot more um, active on social media as far as actually responding to people on the uh, Twitter account. If you don't follow us on Twitter, um, we are at Declassified P. Um, on Twitter, uh, it's connected to my personal account and, uh, Mike's personal account. So you can go follow us too. Um, we also have a Facebook page. You can go give us a like on there. We are actually, we actually have the rights to at declassified cheat codes podcast. So yeah, that was nice. somehow not taken. <laughs> no surprises there, but, um, we're still working on getting our Patreon up. Um, but I will let y'all know when that's all set up. Um, we're trying to figure out the um, incentives for the Patreon right now. Yes. But um, I'm already yes. trying to plan ahead. I haven't totally agreed with Mike on like how much we're going to put into it yet. But um, hopefully in the future, we're going to start doing some giveaways. Um, so be sure to look on our Twitter because we'll probably have some Twitter giveaways about retweeting and stuff. So yes. uh, be sure to check that out. For sure. Uh, for sure. Also, we have an Etsy store if you want to go get some declassified cheat code swag. Um, they're basically all sold at uh, the cost that it makes takes for us to make it. And you um, can get your Gamer Boy Bathwater t-shirts there you also. Can get your Gamer Boy Bathwater t-shirts and really let us know if you'd actually like the Gamer Boy Bathwater. Um, water is very cheap for us, but we are willing to mark it up if we have to. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it will include DNA. It will have DNA because I don't care if you clone me in the future. Uh, I don't care if you clone me dead. either. Yeah. <laughs> if you want more of me, then, you know, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be looking down from heaven in uh, like 50, 60 years. Is that how long I'm going to live? Let's go. With I 40, just, in 40 I years. just, I just want the clones for the organs. <laughs> I'll be alive a while. So you can clone yourself and use your organs to live forever. Well, you know, they do say that, you know, also, you know, injecting yourself with the uh, plasma of the young does keep you <laughs> alive. It's like having new blood in your body instead of old blood. <laughs> Isn't that some black mirror shit or is that real? No, actually, there's a scientific uh, process where they did a study. Um, these people actually used it was the uh, what was it? The uh, removed plasma, the good parts of it um, from younger uh, people and they did it with older <laughs> folks and these folks paid eight thousand dollars a dose and uh according to some of the studies that did show promise as far as reversing some of the effects of aging wow it started yeah. leaping over buildings and stuff oh not really quite that <laughs> you know just small things like lifting up cars but other than that um <laughs> Yeah, they Open, opening <laughs> pill bottles has never been easier. Yes, opening a pill bottle with a single twist. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's AARP man. 
<laughs> it's a single twist. Uh, uh, I would say that I'm sorry for offending our older listeners, but we don't have any. And uh, <laughs> actually, so, yeah. we do. Um, um, if you go to our analytics, we actually have like a two percent listenership between the age of sixty and seventy. So there's awesome. One, there's like well, one guy cool. out there. <laughs> That's or, cool. Or, or one woman, one of the two. It's probably so. somebody I've threatened. But yeah. <laughs> probably someone <laughs> trying to get dirt on you. Tied him to a chair and turned on the podcast and left the house. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Okay, well, it's been a good show. Um, it's I think been a weird show. <laughs> I guess Nick Cage and Keanu Reeves and all that jazz, but... Uh, come back for more uh, male action stars um, having nothing to do with our gaming podcast. And, and remember, uh, you're breathtaking. Yeah, and you're breathtaking. Oh. <laughs> uh. Pokemon, 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 Pokemon.